Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And what a treat we have this time. It's a very special week this week. Um, one of one of the best albums of well, when was it released? Of the last the two decades. Yes, absolutely. Uh, an icon, a legend. Working with a producer who is an icon and a legend in his own right. Sampling icons and legends. It's a huge album. It's Confessions on a Dance Floor, which was Madonna's 10th studio album. Released on the 9th of November 2005. This was a massive um, change and move um, for Madonna when she released this album. And I think it's fair to say brought her very much back. Not just into the charts, but into pop culture of the mid-noughties back in 2005. This album was huge, wasn't it? It was massive. The album, and particularly Hung Up, the lead single, was just everywhere. And I think, it, as you said, it, it brought her back. She never went away, really, did she? You know, I don't she, think Madonna ever really goes away. I don't but... think she ever will go away, but not that I wanted to. <laughs> it's <so> malicious. <laughs> um, I, I, I think she's just reinvents herself, doesn't she? And I think this was the last great reinvention of Madonna. Yet, you know... She continues. She might sample the Beatles next and have a huge hit. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone expected that um, 30 years into her career, she would have had such an... It's her best. It's one of her best-selling albums as well and one of her most critically acclaimed. So, um, yeah, great feat and a great album and I just cannot wait to talk about it. Uh, well, let's dive in in a second, but I suppose first of all to mention as well an album that was designed to be listened to continuously as a continuous mix. Yes, a tour de dance, I think I read it described as once. So track one needs no introduction, but I find myself doing one anyway. It's hung up. Remember the video to that song with the massive 80s style stereo being carried around the place? Yeah, and uh, did you ever see the French and Saunders? Oh, I was remake? just going to mention <laughs> Jennifer Saunders in an unflattering pink leotard crawling around the place doing uh, uh, um, not the first time or last time I think she did uh, Madonna. She's very. Jennifer Saunders has a great way. Whoever she's trying to be, she just looks like them. Remember that Meryl Streep from Mamma Mia? Yeah, she's done um, Celine Dion as well, I think, and yeah, quite a few. But yeah, that's one of the uh, one of the more memorable French and Saunders Madonna moments. This track, though, you know, big sample in it doesn't get much bigger than sampling ABBA, does it? Absolutely. Um, you know, two huge colossal forces in the pop world. Uh, coming together for a track, I think it, the only kind of the only way we can equate this in today's standards is Cher covering ABBA. And what's really who'd interesting... have thought we'd be living in a world where Cher has released an album of ABBA covers? It's yeah, that's crazy. Thank you, Lord, that we're alive at this time. Um, 
but yeah, what was really interesting about this is that I don't know if you saw on Twitter, there was quite a few of Gen Z, and maybe even some uh, some some younger audiences who thought that Cher had sampled Madonna. So, some people, I, I was chatting with people the other day about how would this song be without that sample, and there was kind of two arguments that it would still be a great song, and some saying it would be nothing without the sample. What do you think? I don't think it'd be. I think the sample does make the song. But yeah. I think as the rest of the album demonstrates, she doesn't need it. No, definitely not. I really love as well, apparently Madonna wrote a handwritten letter to Benny and Bjorn from Emma to ask them to sample the track. So, you know, it shows that she's uh, not making any assumptions there about her, her state. I think you can't when Abba are concerned. No. And I know Sher very much had the blessing and the support um, from the group. Yes, Absolutely. Well, Benny and Bjorn at least, and Anna and Frida are furious. Well, yes, have you seen her in that blonde wig? <laughs> <laughs> Track two now, this is Get Together. Quite a different track to Hung Up There, wouldn't you say? I love it though. Yeah. I love how, as we've said, it's, it's a non-stop album, how that tick-tick-tock of Hung Up just kind of goes into the sort of the, those first synths of Get Together. Um, but I think it's a very it's a very different side. The album as a whole, this track included, very different side. It's Madonna, but not as we know it. It's, it's her dance music, but not as we know it. Interestingly enough, Hung Up, Sorry and Future Lovers were the first tracks recorded um, and apparently Madonna and Stuart Price used to stay up all night working on songs together they That's had a very nice. close collaboration and partnership um, and I think Madonna gets a bit of a reputation sometimes for being quite difficult so it's quite nice to hear another side to that yeah definitely um, I think she went into this project following on from American Life that came before it, it was, which was quite critically panned if we can say that I mean I'm, I'm I'm a fan of a lot of the stuff on there um, but it, it's not going to go down in history as one of Madonna's finer moments um, but I think she went into this project wanting to make an, an album for the dance floor and a fun album and an album she can dance to herself and I think getting Stuart Price on board was a, a definite win-win for that this was the third single off the album um, and it was decided to be a single because it was the most the third most downloaded track off the album when the album was released as an album. Wow, and that must be quite early on in, in download. 2006, Sorry. so I suppose things were just starting to get... I think it was about the same time I got my first iPod Classic, and I think I had this song on there, actually. And definitely, yeah, I, I, I bought... I think I bought Hung Up on download, and I bought the album on CD and then burned it. Burned it. Hmm. Okay, so track three now. So track three is, in fact the second single from the album and this is Sorry Sorry? I said this is Sorry (laughs) 
Donna's 12th number one in the UK. Wow, I remember that song going to number one as well. I remember being quite surprised because I think the album came straight after Hung Up and I since I kind of imagined everyone would just go and get the album and the singles wouldn't do so well. So, uh, yeah. I remember the, video, remember the video as well where they're roller skating, the roller disco. I think she's still got her, um, I think, leotard on and she's got a big boom box with her as well. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> Was that not the first? Am I getting the two, the first two videos confused, or maybe was it all a continuation? I think it was a continuation in the same vein as the album itself. Well, yeah, and I think no. I was going to say was she at the roller disco with one of the Desperate Housewives, but I think I might be confusing her with a um, no. I think you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking about um, Felicity Hoffman, who also had like a similar sort of hairstyle back at the, t- back in the day. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I was thinking of her. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Sorry as a follow-up to Hung Up? I think it was the perfect follow-up to Hung Up. I think because Hung Up was huge and it was huge for a long time because it was just, you know, every so often it was like Share and Believe. Like every so often the song almost becomes bigger than the rest of the album and the artist for a time. I think you needed something completely different after uh, Hung Up. And again, just you know, the French the French language and just the way the song leads in and slowly builds up to that kind of dance crescendo. It was just lovely. And I think I love the cohesiveness of this whole album, but at the same time, each track is very much his own beast. I agree. I think it was a great follow-up single. Kind of uh, a little bit... Different to Hung Up, not as immediate with that recognisable ABBA sample. A little sort of um, European disco flavoured almost. I've just done a little, a little bit of research into the video and I definitely was confusing it with the Jessica Simpson one. In this video it is a continuation of Hung Up, uh, but she gets in a van and I think there's some sort of dance fight sequence going on. She gets in a van of her own free will? She, Yeah, I think so. Good, that's good. Um... Now, do you remember, we, I can't talk about this song and not mention one of our heroes producing a remix of it, the Pet Shop Boys. Do you remember they this did. remix? They did, yeah. And I remember Neil, in an interview, being quite proud of the fact that in the remix he actually sings the new lines that they wrote for it before Madonna even comes into it. Much respect for them for that. And yeah. Just another massive star they've collaborated with. And I think we, we gushed all over that first episode with the Pet Shop Boys. But I don't think we actually mentioned Madonna in that episode. No, we didn't, did we? No, I don't think we did. And there's a collaboration that didn't actually happen, but a remix that was... It was a great remix. So we're on to track four now. So let's listen to Future Lovers. Lovers there. Huge song. It's massive, isn't it? And am I alone in thinking of the comparison as it as it kind of the first minute or so? Donna Summer, I feel love. Yeah, definitely. I think an affectionate reflection on that song there. A, a nod, a, a tip of the hat, if you will. Yeah, I think that's that's clearly apparent. Um that respect for Giorgio Moroder, who produced the track for Donna Summer, 
and I think you kind of hear that those those synth and sequences throughout the album that that nod to that kind of eighties sound for a European pop dance sound. A little bit of craft work in there as well, maybe. Interestingly, I'm going to tell you about this song. To paraphrase Madonna herself, this wasn't produced by Stuart Price. This, no, no. It wasn't. This uh, was part of the. Well, so Madonna was initially going to create this project with, I don't know quite how to say his name, Moe? Mua. 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 Um, who worked on American Life previously and co-produced the vast majority of it. But I think it was decided that they're, it was that together they were a little bit too politically charged and she wanted to take it, as we've said before, to the dance floor, which is why she bought pricing. But I'm so glad that they kept this track in. I don't know if, I actually don't know if he came in later or if it's part of the early work for the album but yeah fantastic track it's such a relentless hard dance song once it finally gets there i think it's a lovely journey before it gets there as well so we're on to the next track now and it's track five and who doesn't love new york if you don't like my attitude then you can f off Texas isn't that where they go I've got to ask what are your thoughts on there's two particular lines I want to bring up from that song is it your concern over the rhyming of New York and Dork that would be one of them and the second, F off. Now, that's not aimed at you, that's one of the lines. And you can F off. I just love this rare moment of self-censoring from Madonna when she's never really done it before. And I just think it almost sounds a bit a bit disjointed in the song, saying you can F off. Yeah. Why doesn't she just say the word? I'm not going to say the word, but why just doesn't she say just it. say that? No, I can't say it. Just, no, we don't want to get a E on our podcast. I think for me it's one of those songs where you've got to kind of take the the music away from the lyrics musically really enjoy the synths in this one really enjoy the whole production but lyrically probably probably the, the weakest moment of the album but it doesn't take away from the sound of the song and again I love the build up the slow intro in to that crescendo of I'm not going to sing because we're not here to sing we're here to comment on other people singing um, <laughs> but when it's other cities always make me mad other places always make me sad and so on and so forth yeah I think it's a it's a great it works well in the kind of continuation of the album but yeah perhaps not our favourite moving on to track number six which is Let It Will Be Be. What, is, what does that mean? Is that grammatically correct? Do, do you think Madonna's even concerned about that at this point in her career? She probably would say if if, question, if asked, are you concerned? She'd probably tell me to f off. Yeah. <laughs> a grand opening to that track with the strings. The strings and the guitars in that song as well, more prominent than in a lot of tracks on this album. Yeah, still that huge sort of 
disco theme, but maybe more of a nod to the 70s with the strings. And I think she mentioned about being influenced by people as well as sort of the Georgia Moroder and that kind of thing. But and of course, ABBA, uh, but also things like Bee Gees as well. I think that probably that 70s vibe comes off a little bit more in that one. So already we've had ABBA, Moroder, the Bee Gees, Donna Summer. If this isn't a love letter to the, a disco age, um, I don't know what is. Uh, maybe Scher's forthcoming or recently released uh, ABBA covers album. Or, um, of course, uh, who's song Crying at the Discotheque? Uh, Alcazar. Oh, I was going to say Alcatraz. <laughs> okay, so the next one is Forbidden Love. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this song. I think it's it's probably the closest thing we're going to get to a ballad on this album, isn't it? This is one of my favourite songs on the album, actually. And I think it's Forbidden Love. You know, mm. it's what what is she talking about? What could it be? I mean, with Madonna, you imagine there's not many things that are forbidden in her eyes. You know, this is the woman who can do anything and has done most things. But yeah, it's a great, really beautiful uh, electro ballad. I think there are hints of Pet Shop Boys in there again, oh, just to mention them again. Yeah. I think there's a bit of melancholy in there, actually, which is quintessentially, if we haven't used that word much recently, there we go again, quintessentially something you would hear the Pet Shop Boys doing, that kind of sad, happy dance song. Yeah. Um, and probably a love letter to some of her more alternative fans. Absolutely, which she has many of. And interestingly... It's not Madonna's first song called Forbidden Love either. Uh, there is a track on the Bedtime Stories album that she co-wrote with Babyface, who's more famous for writing with acts like Michael Jackson, Paula Abdul, so a little bit more of a more of an R&B vibe, probably. But this is my favourite Forbidden Love. And I think we're on to probably the, the pinnacle of this album with this next track. Jump... You said it was the pinnacle of the album, and I think you're absolutely right. You've got the strings there that we mentioned in in other songs before. We've got the kind of the sequence of beat there, the, the disco vibes. It's a huge track. If I've got one criticism of that song, what? I just can't listen to it and not think of the Devil Wears Prada. Now I was going to say, what movie soundtrack is that from? But we all remember it from that. Also, it was featured at the end of Ugly Betty season two, back when that was a big thing as well. I think the empowerment theme running through this song is just huge isn't it yeah Miranda Priestley saying jump and Ugly Betty saying how high how high I choose well, I, think up, your, I think you've got your uh, fashion industry films and TV programs mixed up there oh another interesting fact about this song is that song writer Joe Henry was brought on board to assist with that one and 
it's got an interesting relationship with Madonna because he has just written the odd song with her, but never a full collaboration. So he co-wrote Don't Tell Me, which I think is probably my... That's a great song. Another certainly top 10 Madonna song of all time. And also co-wrote Falling Free, which is one of my favourite songs from her MDNA album. And an album which is much loved and much criticised in equal measure, actually. Yeah. So we're on to our next track now, which is track number nine, which is How High. Guard songs almost. It's, it's certainly not one of the sort of upfront bangers like Jump, for example. Would you agree? Oh, hung up. In, yeah, quite. And I think you know Madonna's voice still heavily synthesised there. Mm. Um, but I think it's probably more of the one of her more traditional tracks on this album that doesn't rely and launch too heavily into a kind of real dance world. And that said, still heavily in keeping with this album. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the ones that might have been able to feature on American Life or Music, for example. Interestingly, another one that wasn't produced by Stuart Price, that was with Bloodshe and Avant. Guys, I hope I'm saying your name right. Because um, no, they'll be listening. Well, at some point, I would hope so. Who have worked with Britney Spears and even a little known artist called Jamelia. Jamelia? Yeah. Uh, did they produce Beware of the Dog? Uh, no, they produced Window Shopping from her Walk With Me album. Can't say I'm familiar with that track. Perhaps we'll feature it on a future <laughs> track by track. What, the Walk With Me album? Yes, which featured Beware of the Dog. Uh, which is a great song. It's a fantastic song. Uh, okay, track 10 now, and this is Isaac. <laughs> Do you know the name of the vocalist featured on this track that's not Madonna? Well, I'm led to believe that the English translation of his name is in fact Isaac and that's why she called the track thus. You're, you're quite right. Do you know, how would you say the his actual name? I believe you would say it... No, I don't know. I don't know why I'm pretending to either. Uh, Yitzhak Sinwani. Ah. Of course, the famous thing, the most famous thing about this song, Madonna isn't one for shying away from the... Uh, tabloids or she can't help but appear in them is that a lot of religious groups felt that this song was disrespectful because they were saying that it was named after a famous rabbi when in fact it was just named after the person who was singing the song because she couldn't think of a title for it and on a a more material level because we are living in a material world (laughs) uh sorry um there's there's a brilliant refrain in here which is for me is like a classic madonna she almost get, I'm not gonna I don't know if I can do it. It's in there, it's like a hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah. Um 
Which is something you would hear her do on, on frequent tracks. Certainly. I think, actually, a lot of her early 90s work probably features that a lot. Let's move on to track number 11 now. And this is Push. You push me when I don't appreciate it. You push me not to lie and not to hate. You push me when I want it all to end. You push me when I really need it. You push me all I want to do is try. You push me when it's hard for me to try. You push me when I do it for myself. You push me only you and no one else. So it feels like we've pushed. The disco's kind of winding down a little bit. A bit of push to one side there. Yeah. I have to be completely honest, it's not one of my favourite tracks on the album. It's potentially my least favourite track on the album. And I will go that far, actually. It's my least favourite track on the yeah. album. Um, I think it's just because the the relentlessness and the pace and the energy does dip a little bit for me there. Yeah. What I do like about it is the sound of the, of, of the track, the kind of the sound of the synths does sound like they're being pushed throughout the song and I think that's a really nice touch. Lyrically, she's talking about you push me when I don't appreciate, you push me not to lie, not to hate, you push me when I want it all to end. Certainly Madonna does seem like the kind of person who is you know, influenced by the comments that are made against her and, and does push herself further. As much further. as she probably wouldn't admit to. I don't think she would. But yeah, another it's 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 bizarre because it's another it's one of the tracks with Stuart Price. But, yeah, certainly not one of the highlights of Confessions. And we're on to the last track of the album. If you like it or not. If you like it or not, um, before we head into our further listening tracks, Madonna, this is Like It or Not. So that was Like It or Not, the final track. What do you think, Dan? I, I, I prefer it to Push. Um, it's another track with Bloodshine Avon, and I think I think it's the beat that gives it away, because I think that beat you can hear throughout could quite easily be featured on a Britney Spears, sort of around the blackout period yes, uh, time. Yes. If I'm being completely honest, I think the album... My one criticism with Confessions has always been that it starts with such a high with Hung Up and then it moves into tracks like Sorry and Get Together where the disco is huge and I think the best parties end before they come to an actual conclusion they kind of end and you want more and I think Confessions on a Dance Floor actually grinds to a halt and in fact it might have been a little bit better if it ended with a bit more of a bang This is like you're still at the party it's petered out you're drinking the final dregs of your red stripe and the cool people have all gone home or got off with each other at this point. And I'm stood alone in my pink leotard. I've got my, you know, huge boom sound box. system yeah. with me. Yeah. Am I being completely unreasonable with that assumption, do you think? No, I don't think so. I think it does peter out. There is a petering at the end of this album that doesn't match the... Like, I think Jump is probably where it really hits the top spot and then it's probably a little bit downhill from there yeah not downhill in oh my god this is horrible but just it never reaches the dizzying heights again but I think we could yet rescue things 
with some further listening choices. Fantastic. So this is where we choose another track from the artist who we're, whose album we're pulling to pieces. In the case of Madonna, we're going to take a track post-Confessions on a Dance Floor, Because I think we could... Typically, we try and choose something from around this era. Um, but I think with Madonna, we want to kind of look uh, forwards to things that she did after this. Um, where some might say she'd peaked here, but actually there's some brilliant stuff still to be found. Dan, would you like to kick us off with one? Certainly, and I have to say, when you're talking about Madonna, there are, you know, you've got Hard Candy, MDNA... Rebel Heart. And Rebel Heart to choose from. And so it's really not an easy choice. And this one, probably this further listening track, took me more choosing than any other. Uh, I nearly went for Celebration. I nearly went for Lament from the live album... um, that followed Confessions and I nearly went for Turn On The Radio however this song that I'm going to choose I think well let's hear a bit from it first but I think everyone remembers where they were when they saw this track (laughs) performed live I remember it now. Were you watching live or...? No, I saw it everywhere after it happened. I I saw it live and I have to say it was, at the time, I remember thinking this must have been what it was like when people saw JFK getting shot. It was a moment in history. But it's a good song. It's a fantastic song. Um, For me, the reason I chose it is because I think it sounds... it's, It's a huge nod to her... 90s period sort of the I guess the Vogue days I also think it takes a little bit from the 90s that the sounds that she didn't touch on so there's a little bit of um, almost like Hacienda dance style music in there as well and you know lots of writers and producers worked across this uh, Rebel Heart collection unlike Confessions where it's almost solely produced by Stuart Price Uh, but I hear you've got Diplo as well so as long as as well as that not a classic Madonna you've got a real current producer working on it. Do you think Living for Love stands up as a, a, a classic Madonna single? It does. I wouldn't say that about most of the other things on this album. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of the album, but this was a great song. You know, so much so she performed it at the Brits. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. Uh, so what are you going to pick from us? From post-Confessions Madonna, what's your I'm, track of choice? I'm going to go back to MDNA, which I think was the last good album that she had. Not great. Um, the last good album that she had. <laughs> and there's a, quite a few good tracks on here. So I love Give Me All Your Loving, which features Nicki Minaj and MIA. Yeah. And I Turn Up The Radio, which is, I think is a Martin Solvig produced song. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, which is a lot of fun. But this one, um, I've chosen it's, it's It's really fun. It's a bit out there. It's very dancey. Uh, I'm Addicted. Seems like a drug and I can't get Fits like a glove I'm addicted to your love 
fun that song. Yeah, that would be the kind of the one word that I'd use to describe that. It, I think, it's one of those Madonna songs where, you know, Madonna is a fantastic lyricist, uh, and when she wants to be, she can be a real poet. But that's one of those songs where she's she's just an artist, and I shouldn't say just an artist. She's an artist, and she's a pioneer of music, and she's celebrating. And it reminds me of some of the bits on the music album actually, where it's the sound that's more important than the actual than the lyrics. And there's something really different about that track. Um, that was um, Benny Benassi on production duties there. Quite a well-known dance producer. I think he also did uh, Girl Gone Wild on that album. Um, but interestingly, actually, with MDNA, that album, um, William Orbit had quite a large presence on probably half the tracks on there as well. So I think if you overlook it as, a, as an album of Madonna's that you wouldn't normally give much attention to... It's definitely there's some there were some good tracks on there. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of things that I've realised when we've while we've been doing this episode, and one is that we can't be too far away really from something new from Madonna. Uh, and secondly, this probably isn't the last time we're going to talk about a Madonna album, is it? No. If we don't do Ray of Light at some point, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, and a completely different sound to. Any of our further listening, but also uh, from Confessions on a Dance Floor as well. We're out of time. Time again. goes by so slowly. <laughs> so quickly in this instance. I've loved talking about Madonna this time round. Well, it's been great, as I say, just to, just to dip our toes in, in the, the queen of pops, Paul. In the murky waters of Madonna's back catalogue. <laughs> If you have disagreed with us or agreed with us or if there's another Madonna album that you'd love for us to take apart and put back together track by track, please do get in touch on Twitter or various other forms of social media at Move to Trash UK. And the next, coming up next, it's your choice next. So we did Garbage last time, which was my choice. Coming up next is your choice. What can you share to give us a little tease? I can... Okay, so this album... It's another Stuart Price um, production. It's probably the biggest album by any boy band in history, I'd say. Stuart Price and a boy band. Mm, doesn't really seem to go together very well. I think we should leave it there. I think anything more would give the game away. Uh, Please do subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Um, Until next time... I'm Guy Ritchie. Oh, and I'm Madonna. <laughs> Good night. Bye.